Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, December 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. As performing arts venues continue to navigate the pandemic, they are trying to satisfy ticket holders' desires for consistent safety measures while encountering resistance from some patrons. Just as in most businesses, there's been friction about the mask mandate, uh, and people are, uh, they go from zero to 60 pretty quickly. Everybody, I think, has a short fuse now. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports on the evolution of safety protocols for live performances. Doctors are concerned hospitals in the region could again be overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients in the coming weeks. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports the number of hospitalizations in area health systems has doubled in the last month. Nearly 60 new patients with COVID-19 are being admitted in area hospitals each day, twice as many as in mid-November. Dr. Clay Dunnigan leads the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. He says it's possible the region will see a holiday surge in cases and hospitalizations similar to last year's. Dunnigan told St. Louis on the air cases are increasing as more people gather indoors and leave safety measures behind. But this year, there are fewer healthcare workers in hospitals as many have left stressful jobs. We have less reserve capacity and are very concerned about our ability to maintain our normal uh, health care activities plus the added stress of COVID. Dunnigan says hospitals may again need to delay procedures or refuse transfers from rural areas. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A map to set boundaries for the St. Louis Board of Aldermen for the next decade has cleared another legislative hurdle. Members have given initial approval to the new wards. A final vote could come Friday. A 2012 charter change calls on the number of wards in the redistricting to go from 28 to 14. Eighth Ward Alderwoman Annie Rice is not opposed to the map, but wants a different process for redrawing wards in the future. This is a, this is a huge determination of the future for our city. Um, and, you know, I continue to support and hopefully can support as we move forward, um, changing this process for more specific citizen input with our input also as representatives. A proposal up for a vote in April would put a citizen-led commission in charge of map-making. Rice did not specifically endorse that measure during yesterday's meeting. The St. Louis County Council has shelved discussion about making elections for county offices nonpartisan. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on the debate that has been brewing in county government for years. Councilman Tim Fitch pulled his ballot item on Tuesday that would have made offices like county executive and the county council nonpartisan. He says, among other things, he needs to make changes to the bill so it won't take effect for the 2022 election cycle. Fitch contends that it doesn't make a lot of sense for county officials to run as Republicans or Democrats. The vast majority of what we do in St. Louis County are not partisan issues. There are no Republican or Democrat potholes in St. Louis County. Critics of Fitch's plan believe it's a way for Republicans to be more competitive in elections, even though St. Louis County voters have moved decisively toward the Democratic Party. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. An organization that studies the barriers facing Missouri women is detailing what is holding women back from the workforce. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe wants to find solutions. 
The United Women's Empowerment Organization spent the last six months talking to more than 250 women at town halls across Missouri. They found women face barriers to working, including the high cost of child care and elder care, as well as accessing broadband and quality health care. Missouri Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe says getting women back into the workforce isn't a partisan issue. He wants to see elected officials and organizations work together. This is an issue of taking our state's resources and putting them to work. And in this case, it's the females that we have out there that we can work together to try to help overcome those challenges. Put them in the workplace because they want to work. Kehoe says the state's Office of Childhood will work with United Women's Empowerment and employers to come up with solutions. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. When St. Louis venues shut down in March 2020 because of the pandemic, the rules were clear. No public gatherings allowed. Since then, city officials have relaxed capacity restrictions and requirements for social distancing. That leaves arts organizations to decide how to best protect their patrons, staff, and artists from the virus. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, many venues are adopting similar safety rules like masks and proof of vaccinations, but the response from audiences can be unpredictable. When folks attend shows at the fabulous Fox Theater these days, the venue has many polite ways to remind people to wear masks. Uh, we do have, you know, ushers walking around with mask paddles that say on one side, please mask up, and on the other side, thank you. That's director of programming John O'Brien. These subtle, just constant reminders. There are pre-show announcements reminding folks to wear their mask, intermission announcements. Uh, we're really making sure you can't go a few steps without knowing that you're supposed to be wearing your mask. It's a different scene at the pageant, which hosts rock shows and other concerts in the Del Mar Loop. Managing partner Pat Hagen says his staff makes sure people wear masks on the way in the door and when ordering drinks. But other than that, it's simply not safe for his staff to try to insist people wear masks if they refuse. The problem there is, is we don't want to get into fights with people. When you're trying to enforce it to that extent with a large crowd, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And uh, things can escalate very quickly. At Off-Broadway, a smaller club, co-owner Steve Pullman has experienced similar issues. Just as in most businesses, there's been friction about the mask mandate. Uh, and people are, uh, I want to use the right word, they go from zero to 60 pretty quickly. Everybody, I think, has a short fuse now. Pullman says the vast majority of his patrons follow the rules with no complaint. But to deal with the few who don't, he started hiring two extra security guards every night. It's not just mask wearing. There are lots of rules that are harder to enforce in a chaotic rock club than an upscale theater, where there may be a small army of ushers to politely but firmly stop people from taking pictures or talking on their phones. Like most St. Louis venues, the pageant and off-Broadway require proof of vaccination or a negative test. When Powell Hall began enforcing that this season, staff had to turn away 20 people the first night because they didn't have their paperwork. Since then, President and CEO Marie-Hélène Bernard says the organization has sent patrons more reminders to be sure everybody understands the new rules. Some like it, some don't, but I think overall people are uh, receptive and understand. And some have chosen to come back and embrace the, the policy, and some have decided to stay away for a little while until they see how this evolves. She says more patrons than ever are buying tickets, but then not showing up for the event. 
as many as 40% for some concerts. Other venues report no-show rates of about 20%, twice their usual amount. Venue owners say COVID-conscious ticket buyers want consistency when it comes to pandemic safety rules. But mass compliance can vary from venue to venue or even from night to night. Pat Hagen at the pageant says it can depend on what crowd a particular performer draws. You know, some of the more rowdier, either uh, some of the country stuff, some of the classic rock type stuff, that audience is maybe not as uh, attentive to it as others. When Jamban Humphreys McGee played two nights at the pageant last month, it was hard to find any masked fans. At a sold-out Bela Fleck show at the Sheldon last week, or David Sedaris' talk at the Stiefel Theater Sunday, it was tough to spot anyone without one. Looking to 2022, the list of pandemic rules venues have to follow may get even shorter. But if Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt is successful in his effort to have municipal mask mandates overturned, Venues may keep their rules anyway. The National Actors Union requires masks when a touring musical lands at the Fox. And Steve Pullman at Off-Broadway says touring bands require the venue to take safety precautions. If bands are going to require people to be vaccinated, they're going to want them to wear masks too. Um, And so then at that point, there's no show without a band. Thank you, St. Louis. There's also no show without an audience. And as the shape of pandemic life continues to evolve, so too will the experience for ticket holders at live performances. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry, Choosewood.com.